The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. That's the way we open a show. With a gem of sorts. <laughs> and, and as we were discussing, uh, one of the two gems that we're going to do today that really, really takes me back to what now feels like a completely different era than mm. the one that we're currently living. Which is uh, part of the definition of a gem? I think so. Probably. I think so. Which yeah. is another, another thing we were discussing before the, the show, the ethic mm-hmm. of the gem. And the fact that our first uh, two choices for the first and second <laughs> gem tonight, we've actually played already. I know. So we're right. at that point now. Well, if you think about it, I mean, we can't be faulted for this. I know it, like, you know, it's indicative of our minds going 
uh, yeah, but it by bothers the way me of Alzheimer's and shit. But I, I make fun of you because your lack of imagination, or so I would seem. Well, lack of memory. But now I'm doing the same shit because <laughs> I was going to play one I did already too. Well, we're what three hundred plus gems in at this point. Yes, you know. So can we be faulted? Honestly, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, but you know, we still we still dig down. We still reach yeah. down. You know, deep into the the, the sack and. Pull out a gem as we did today, which, by the way, was a Johnny uh, Johnny inspiration. I got to say, considering this is definitely more down my uh, you would alley, think. it's more my wheelhouse than it is his. But yes, that was Rancid uh, doing uh, one of their biggest hits, "Time Bomb," uh, which, of course, takes me back to 1995 and specifically August of 1995 when it was released as part of their seminal album, "And Out Come the Wolves," huh. which uh, which is a funny. Uh, funny title, and in doing you know due diligence and doing research, as it turns out, that was uh, the band's description of the major label bidding war that erupted when they suddenly became uh, well, they suddenly appeared on the radar of the radio industry. Interesting. Uh, and out come the wolves. Did and, not you know, know that. Yeah, very appropriate, very descriptive to anyone who understands that whole process at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, the phrase itself. Uh, came from a line out of uh, Jimmy Carroll's seminal book, The Basketball Diaries, which was huge at the time because it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with heroin, which was also huge at the time. <laughs> um, 1995, folks, you know, like the old saying goes, if you can remember it, you weren't there. Yep. The but magical yeah, land fun. of jorts and yes. Yamagichi or whatever those little digital pets for you. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> and Saved by the Bell. Okay. That's all I know but about yeah, the 90s. The, the, the <laughs> mid-90s, mid that was square in the middle of the, the, the bullseye. That was 1995, people. Mm. So good fun, good fun. And as usual, our opening gem is indicative of the topic uh, we're going to go uh, swinging into. Well, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And this, again, folks, just so you know, is a very special Michael Sean Lee <laughs> episode. Because uh, the, the main topic today was all him. It's something that, that he has an axe to grind with. Yeah. And I just kind of looked on like, all right, fill 15 with it, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which, <laughs> as always, is not hard. Right. But, uh, yeah, it is one more uh, scenario where I'm going to, you know, tear a chunk out of technology. But I do want to stress uh, I am not anti-technology. Lies. Oh, lies! Uh, what I am is anti the technology being used irresponsibly. Okay, and, and also anti slightly anti-social media. Oh, Truth right, be that's, told. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it'd probably be kind of hard to defend myself from that one, just a little bit. Um, but I'm also, you know, I have a problem with ignoring the repercussions, particularly the negative repercussions of technology and social media, of which there are many. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it seems like sometimes we just blindly press on and ignore the wreckage, and uh, that's that's not wise. You're a man who lives both off the grid and yet still chases kids off his lawn. I, I, I try and light up the grid <laughs> any chance I get. So yes, today's topic of vitriol is TikTok. TikTok, TikTok. you don't stop. TikTok, which just right there is just aggravating. You know? So the name itself yeah, just it's ruffles like, you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> now, we've touched on, on TikTok before for other reasons, and I think uh, the, the, the crux of it the last time was, you know, like most social media platforms, the non-regulation, the lack of control, um, and in this case, it was like somebody came to a girl's house and, and 
had threatened her and shot her dad. Oh, and yeah, like we, were, we were talking about, yeah, the plight of quote-unquote influencers right, in, right, in right. that particular situation of which TikTok spews them mm-hmm. out left and right. But it's not... I mean, this is, this is more about the evolution of TikTok, the right. perception versus the reality. And that's the scary thing is that, yes, it already has evolved. It has. It has. It was once known for you know, cute little skits, dances, right. cool recipes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it has gone, uh, flash mobs were a big mm-hmm. thing early mm-hmm. on, but it has evolved past that, as is frequently the case when it attracts a huge amount of people. Right. Because there are other people out there who like to prey on people who see that as opportunity. And, and that's very much the situation with TikTok. TikTok has 80 million, 80 plus million, I should say, active users in the United States. They average, and this is the kind of shit that I have a real hard time wrapping my brain around, they average 82 minutes a day on this wow, this frivolousness mm-hmm. uh, for frivolity. I yeah, think frivolity. It's the, yeah, yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> uh, the app itself has been downloaded in the United States 200 million times. Oof. Uh, so yeah, it is. It is a player. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's up there with Snapchat. It's up there with Facebook. Uh, it's a player. Uh, one of the things that's unique about it is 60% of the users of TikTok are between the ages of 16 and 24. Uh, this is a distinctly Gen X app. Right. And unfortunately, uh, it's being taken advantage of. Um, despite the fact that its community guidelines dictate that there will be no spreading of misinformation. Oh, boy. Uh, no calls for <laughs> harassment. No deep, no deep fake vids. Uh-huh. Uh, no calls for violence. He's my husband. Get your own goddamn you know, what it really comes down to is how good are they going to be at policing themselves right. uh, of these community guidelines. When and the I, Department of Justice can't even police those guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> well, as it, as it is unfortunately turning out, TikTok ain't real good at it either. Right. Well, fetch me the TikTok sergeant-at-arms yes, stat. Yes, Well, already it has had problems with uh, disinformation uh, related to politics in Germany, Colombia, uh, in the Philippines, uh, and now France and Australia have weighed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the U.S., you know, conspiracy theories, uh, COVID disinformation, uh, it has always al- already been taken a task uh, by uh, government officials who are criticizing it for doing too little uh, to stop political misinformation and divisive content. It, it just seems like, you know, once you graduate to that, thin air that, you know, Facebook is in, that this is an inevitability. This right. is what comes down. And, uh, and yeah, it's becoming an issue, particularly as we're going into the 2022 elections mm-hmm. and, of course, the big whale on the horizon, the 2024 uh, presidential election. Hmm. And everybody's guilty. You know, this isn't just, uh, you know, these right-wing psychos taking advantage of it. In March of this past year, uh, the Washington Post reported that the White House was briefing TikTok influencers or TikTok stars uh, about the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am... I remember reading that. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, really? I mean, these people are so, quote-unquote, legitimate that the White House needs to use them as a channel or a conduit of yeah. information? Yeah. That's scary. And it, it is, you know, it has become, like Facebook did for the uh, older generation, it has become a major news source mm-hmm. for Generation Z. Right. And, yeah, it, it's, they're unfortunately a bit irresponsible as far as, like, overseeing 
the content that's coming out and assuring that it is, it is in fact legitimate and accurate. But the big difference between TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat is it is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Hmm. And, you know, I hate to be in agreement with the conservatives. Uh-oh, here it comes. I hate, absolutely <laughs> loathe the idea that I might have a uh, opinion that is shared by the Trump administration and the Trump people. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this is cause for concern. I really do. Because of, not because they're Chinese-owned, but because they're, they're foreign-owned. <laughs> no, because they're Chinese-owned. Oh, boy, here we yeah. go. Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. Um, I think that sounds racist, but I could be Wong. <laughs> I'm going to take a moment now to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. About ByteDance. Uh, ByteDance is a uh, Chinese technology company that is headquartered in Beijing. And this is kind of funny. It's incorporated in the Cayman Islands. Huh. No, that's not a red flag. <laughs> A company incorporated in the Cayman Islands. Hey, I, I know a lot of decent Caymanites. That's, don't be smirched the whole people. Caymanites? <laughs> is that for real? It is now. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, as of uh, June of 2021, um, it hosts 1.9 billion users across all of its platforms. Mm -hmm. It's a monster. Uh, it has garnered public attention over allegations that it has worked with the Chinese Communist Party... Uh, to censor con content that was deemed uh, controversial mm -hmm. by the CCP. I don't know shit about fuck. Uh, red flag, anybody? Red yeah, flag? But at the same time, you know, communist China, you, you, you can't, and we touched on this once before, you can no longer um, have effeminate male characters on movies or TV in China. So, you know, what is there in to appeal to... American or Western youths of this particular age bracket of 16 to 24. What are you talking about, TikTok? Yeah. What is there in? Yeah. It's unique to Generation Z. You know, it's kind of like every generation has to have its own music, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of a prerequisite that that music has to offend the older generation. Mm -hmm. That's TikTok. Uh, TikTok is considered frivolous by boomers, mm -hmm. you know, by uh, millennials. Right. Uh, as always, us Generation X folks figure it's all frivolous and it's all silly bullshit. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's very unique to that generation. It's very identifiable to that generation. But like I said, now because of its reach, because of its saturation, it's now being hijacked by people with agendas that are certainly not from Generation Z. Hmm. You know, and and you know, as far as China, you know, China. <laughs> <laughs> Human rights violations, Tenement Square, yeah, I, blah, blah, blah. I did not know China was so high on your uh, list of uh, just bad people. Well, China <laughs> is the global leader by far in surveilling its own citizens. You know, I... But uh, that's how they keep the trains running on time. Somehow I think it's a little more complicated than that. Call it a hunch. <laughs> and I, I, I don't wish to sound like a communist sympathizer, mind you, but... Um, you know, I, I, I look around at the state of this country, especially in, see, I'm not going to say 
Democratic-run cities, because that's a misnomer. <laughs> They're all Democratic. You were right? about to spit out San Francisco, weren't you? you no, were... I'm going toward Chicago, actually. Oh, really? Oh, okay. With uh, okay. the mayor, mayor, mayor Beetlejuice. And, mayor um, Beetlejuice? Yeah. Just look at her. She, it's Beetlejuice. Okay. See, now, if you were on Facebook, you would know that that's a common meme. Ah, okay. oh, Folks, okay. you don't know the struggle. You know Facebook is for <laughs> old people now. You know that, Exactly. Right? That's okay. why I excel on the platform. Oh, there we go. But, um, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm looking at the state of the country in terms of crime and punishment or the absence of one of those two. And it's like, you know, we, we've got the same propaganda machine that all these other countries have. And... You know, our ability to extol the virtues of our democracy to these other countries yeah. seems to be getting more and more limited because these countries, they just outlaw things. So you, yeah. you can't get it. Like, when we were kids and teenagers, yeah. you know, we would hear stories about uh, a pair of Levi's would go for like $500 in the Russian black market. I seem to recall Because they stories. just couldn't yeah. get this stuff. And they were so, you know, yeah. just enamored with Western everything yeah and yet say like in tokyo where they could get it you know it would still have these exorbitant prices right but let's say they successfully just said no there's going to be no blue jeans in this country or no you can't get coca-cola or uh pop rocks or whatever the hell these kids wanted right, right. that represented america you know these other countries in a way i'm just saying they're much more efficient and maintaining their cultural identity because they just outlaw stuff. Yeah. And because they can rule with a heavier hand than the way we do by committee, <laughs> you know, what they say goes. They can put up a city in a month and they can also say, you know what? No TikTok for you because it's bullshit and we said so. Yeah. Okay. Message. So my point is, it seems like that this, this, this two-way street of propaganda, which has always somehow been in effect whether it's Radio Free Europe or you know, bootleg movies, we've always been able to get an in into these countries right. to keep the propaganda going in both directions. And right. that's why we had things like Tiananmen Square. Yeah. You know. That seems to be stopping. And even though you occasionally see um, students, especially, they're normally the catalyst for this, yeah. rising up against the authoritarian or totalitarian government, yeah. It, it, as of late, it's been very few and far between. You don't see a lot of that. Well, a big part of that is the surveillance that I'm making reference to. And that's why I brought it. It kind of comes full circle. Yeah. And then here's the big question, all right? Not, yeah. not answering as, you, you know, freedom-loving United States citizens. Right, right. Are they or aren't they better off because at least all their ships are sailing in the same direction, so to speak? But are they? Well... First appearance, they are, right. and that's a good point because yeah, you maybe could say the same thing about Russia until we see what's going on with their war at Ukraine and these soldiers like shooting yeah. themselves in the foot left and right just to get the hell out of there. Oh, yeah, well, countries like China have a absolute stranglehold on the information that's coming out of China mm -hmm. about the people who live in China. Right. You know, I guess apparently this is one of the ways that they measure surveillance, but uh, China has 373 cameras for every 1,000 people. In the country. Now, big, big parts of China are very rural, uh, population of 1.4 billion. Mm -hmm. But in their uh, city centers and whatnot, they have more than one camera for every, every citizen mm. in the country. Sounds like a lot of channels and nothing is, on. Yeah, doesn't it, though? Yeah. <laughs> but this is how they maintain control over the populace. Welcome to the oppression channel. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. 
Well, your every move is watching. You know, I always right. found it silly that so many people in this country are paranoid about the government watching them because it's like, what is so significant about your life that anybody gives a shit? <laughs> you know, about what you're doing. You know, that wow. your daily, you know, visit to Walmart. Who gives a right. fuck? Americans you know? watch too many movies. They kind of do, you know, and we have a level of paranoia that is undue. Yeah. Uh, given our current circumstances, particularly if you look at the situation in China. Mm-hmm. You know, and really my whole point to this is, obviously, the Chinese Communist Party is obsessed with watching their people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's face it, more than one camera for every one citizen, right. that's a little <laughs> ridiculous. But with TikTok, are we giving them the same ability to surveil us? Well, yeah. Well, yes and no. It, it's more of a um, a metaphorical sense of, of surveillance than okay. actual surveillance. Well, yeah. No one <laughs> entity could really pay attention to right. one but I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, people. It's, but it's, it's, a, it's a red flag. Yeah, it's a conduit. You know? It's a direct conduit now for them to potentially plant ideas in the heads of the easily impressionable. Yeah. And did I did I mention that ByteDance is partially owned? By the Chinese Communist Party? You did. I did? You did. I didn't think I did. No, you did. I may have inferred (laughs) it, you know. You want to say it again? May have hinted at it. Drive the point home? Partially owned by the Communist (laughs) Party of China. So other than Elon Musk, who is going to save us (laughs) from this? God. Is it going to come down to that Canadian asshole? Oh, my God. South African. No. Is he really? Yes. I thought he was Canadian. No. He's South African? Yes. That's worse. That's much worse. Well, it depends if you're, uh, you know, an 80s movie villain or not. But yes, he kind of is the perfect Bond villain. He is a total Bond villain. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) But he's the villain we deserve. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. Forgive me, folks, if if my perspective does, in fact, sound a little totalitarian and/or fascist. But um, you know, I've commented before. There's a very thin line between a chorus and a cacophony. And right now, with our democracy just allowing everybody to have their say, it's kind of a riot right now. And I'm just tired of it. It's making me very tired, you know? <laughs> it's tired in general. Yeah. I think it's part and partial to the age group that we're at. And, and, and the advent of, of social media, at the risk of sounding like a boomer chasing said people off my lawn... I don't care about people's views on anything anymore, and I don't yeah, want to hear it. Anything. It's kind of come to that. It's just there's too much. Maybe I'm just upset because you know? poor Brad Stelter got shit canned on CNN. And I'm, yeah, I'm I noticed it that, that upset you. I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed you were all that broken up about that. bald bitch, yeah. Did you see that clip of that kid, <laughs> that freshman from the University of Chicago? I did. Ripping him a new asshole? I did, but it really wasn't, you know, it, it was one-sided. Don't come down here with your anger, trying to Prove something to yourself. Honestly, that, that was my thoughts. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it because you went after him. And well, I enjoyed watching him squirm trying to answer it. Yeah, and then know? he immediately just gave up. He knew he wasn't going to Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, the questions kid. were straight out of the right wing, you know, beating the libs, you yeah. know, with a big club thing. But it was just <laughs> hilarious to see him trying to defend it because I will be the first person to say that, like, I remember when CNN first launched, mm-hmm. and today's CNN... Is not that CNN? But I it tell you what, shit. This this new guy, uh, the young guy that's taken over, his name escapes me, unfortunately. He's he seems to be following through with his commitment to making them a viable news source again. Well, I think that the literally the marching orders or the, the the objective were to 
make them a news reporting agency instead of a mouthpiece for the left. Right. You know, and though I am a member of the quote unquote left, <laughs> you know, I don't need that from CNN. I right. need I need like legitimate uh, news reporting of things mm -hmm. going on. You know, I, I like it to harken back to protecting the little guy, mm -hmm. you know, from the powers that be. That would be a nice And I just return. want the facts, and I'll tell you, and the, the and world... And I'll make up my own fucking opinion. Yeah. yeah, and the world is my witness. If CNN gets their shit together again and becomes the CNN of old, yeah. I have no reason to watch Fox anymore, you know, because yeah. the, the, the clown show's over, and that, that's the way these dominoes sh should fall. Agreed. And then shortly after Fox folds up shop, you know, or, which would be even better, follow suit and becomes just a regular news outlet. Yeah. Well, they better do something soon because I believe the average age of your typical Fox patron is like 63. That's ageism. Yeah, Just because yeah. you don't need a catheter this week <laughs> or a MyPillow. Oh, God help me the day I need a MyPillow. You know, you know the MyPillow guy sells coffee now, too? Yeah, he's a fucking weirdo, isn't he? It's uh, regular decaf and super crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm watching this. I'm like, this son of a bitch is selling coffee now. So, you know, he ah, must have madness. struck such a deal with Fox. He's like, okay, so uh, I'm going to pay you all this money and sign a contract for the next 10 years, no matter how crazy I get and how ostracized I get from general society, okay? And uh, yeah, this is a win-win. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. Really? And he's got his own little like website and 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 channel like like a little baby Amazon no where shit. just he and like-minded folks oh, sell their wares. Wow. And I went and I checked it out one day and my yeah. immediate takeaway was, holy shit, this stuff is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, only crazy people shop here, so that that explains the markup. Yeah. You crazy fuck. Yeah. But we digress. And I would Indeed. also say in in addition to Mr. Uh, Stelter's um, unemployability now at this point. Indeed. I was also shocked and or saddened to hear that uh, apparently Alec Baldwin lost a movie role recently because of the Rust situation. <laughs> and he was having a heart-to-heart -heart with somebody over that. And I was like, oh. How we jump from TikTok to Alec Baldwin? Because I'm lining up my enemies. Is that what's going on? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I was, I was shocked and saddened to hear a man of his caliber now has caliber? A, a... Yes, a... Caliber? Yeah, you like that one? I, yeah, I was going to say, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> So he's now got uh, to, uh, you know, just take the scraps of whatever Hollywood would, would throw him. That's just, just so sad. Maybe he can start a, uh, a TikTok podcast. <laughs> yeah. That'll be next. I think we need a vacation is what I'm thinking. And in lieu of vacation, how about just a middle gem? A middle gem would be good. A little middle, middle gem, gem just to kind of spice things up. And, and then, that, uh, and another another little time traveling sure, kind of sure. thing we're going to do with this one, uh, which is good fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to say, Johnny was beating me to the punch left and right on the Genesis week, <laughs> folks. But uh, I, I, you know, I can't in good conscience ever say no to a gem that involves the Jay Giles band. I, and I just go. can't. You know, it's an ethic. It's a thing. Yep. You know, it's a Boston thing. <laughs> You know, what can I say? Right. So for the middle gem, we're going with uh, Freeze Frame, one of my favorite Jay Giles tunes. I believe it was from like 1983, Ooh, was it? Or even 1981. Wow. Take see? me back. Woof. Take me back. Woof. All right. I think <laughs> back then all we had to worry about were the Russians and nuclear war. Yes. That's, all we that's had it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. God, I miss those days. Yes. Yes, me too. So let's play this for the good folks at home or let's in the car.
It's just so much fun. Oh man, taking so much me, energy, taking me back to the early right? days of MTV. I, I think I, I don't even have a collar, but I popped it for that song. <laughs> it was amazing. Do you remember the video? Yes. Yeah. Rudimentary. I mean, it was basically one step above uh, Kenny Rogers movie. and the yeah. New Edition <laughs> doing uh, "What Condition You're In." I mean, <laughs> bad, just bad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was back when MTV yes. music television actually. Played videos and, and, it's and, and music, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, that was uh, that was a long time ago. Yep. But yeah, for those of you who don't remember it, that was from the tenth album Oof. by the Jay Giles Band, the album of the same name, Freeze Frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the last Jay Giles 
uh, album to feature the uh, vocal stylings of uh, Peter Wolf. Peter Wolf, yeah. Yep. And now, uh, was that his real name, or is that just a not take that on was, the? I believe real? it or not, I think that was his real name. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, the album actually hit number one on the uh-huh. Billboard Top 200 album chart of the day, which yep. was you know it was a huge, huge accomplishment for. Mm. You know, it was basically a bar band from Boston. Right. You know, a bar band from Boston that, that had been around for a long time. Paid their dues. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, it was uh, definitely at this point in time a time capsule. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, take, taking you back to yesteryear, whatever you want. Yesteryear. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking of taking you back, Ooh. it's time for one of our little flights of fancy yes. where we test each other's knowledge of classic rock. And this new episode is entitled simply No More Lyrics. Time to play the game. No more lyrics. Say what? Five, four, three, two, one. And how do you like that? That's exciting. It uh, just I, I, I guess it'll do for now. It'll do for now, yes. It's uh it's learn the lyrics, loser. Oh, there we go. Just so we can throw in the preemptive dig yep. at each other. Yep, yep. Little and, shot, little yeah. shot across the bow there. And unlike it's a distant cousin of lyrically speaking, another it is. episodic it is. thing that we do. Yes. Because this time now it's more about we're taking lyrics from famous classic rock songs from a particular decade. That's yeah. how we narrowed it down. It's kind of a fill in the blank kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not so much named the band or the song, it's like you said, yeah. pretty much do you know the, the lyrics. lyrics. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my first one, like I said to you before the show, is more of a just one of those classic rock questions that are bandied about on Trivia Nights, because pretty much everybody knows it. Right. So I'm going to sort off and just give you that one. Okay. Because I, I know you're going to get this. But oh. it'll give the folks at home you know, a chance to play along. Okay. Because that's really what we care about, the folks at home playing with themselves. Is it really? Or others. Is yeah. That what, Some, yeah. Something like that. that yeah. That's, it's a concern, put it's it that the, way. It's on the agenda. It <laughs> is. It is. All right. So... All right. Here we go. Uh, yes. Question number one. Hit me. And if, oh, let's just throw out there, if you should need to repeat the question, yeah. we'll do it once, just like we do it lyrically speaking. Fair enough. All right. So. Yes. My question to you, sir. Okay. The uh, Leonard Skinner song, Sweet Home Alabama, is a direct rebuttal to what song by Neil Young? Ah. Okay, I see the nature of the beast here. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. That was uh, a direct rebuttal uh, to Neil's rather uh, critical take on Southern Man. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. And there's some pre-canned applause in there and some mm. happy bells and whistles. You know, it's funny because a lot of people from that whole exchange thought that Neil... Uh, hated Leonard Skinner, Leonard Skinner hated mm-hmm. Neil Back. That actually was not the case. They were actually uh, very much respective of each other and very that's much nice. admirers of each other. Because I hated Neil Young for them, so that's, it all works out. It was out. kind of a shot. It was. <laughs> you know, and then they responded. You know? right. So, All right, going along those same lines. Okay. Uh, if I, uh, like I said, that I, one was my, my different one. The other ones right. I think I adhered to the plan as it was. Okay. Go ahead. But this is my interpretation of how you describe this particular one oh, to me. Oh, good Lord. So, Here we go. Uh, from the Led Zeppelin song, Fool in the Rain. Uh, I'll quote the lyrics. And I'll run in the rain till I'm breathless. When I'm breathless, I'll run till I drop. And the thoughts of a fool's uh, gotten careless. I'm just a fool doing what? 
<sighs> I'm not a Led Zeppelin aficionado. Really? Especially that song. I don't know. I'm just a fool waiting on the wrong block. Yes, I never would have got Really? Yeah, never would have got Wow. I thought that was going to be a softball. Huh. I did. I figured you'd take that one deep. Well, I hope you get the rest of these wrong. (laughs) Now that the battle lines have been drawn. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. All right. Next up, my number two question to you. Okay. Now I need to choose. Let's see. Oh, here it comes. You just did a Zeppelin, so I'll wait. All right. Well, let's let's just put you in your place with this one. All right. In Billy Joel's Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Oh, he's going to the Billy Joel. Yes, folks. he is. Oh, oh, God. Fuck off. All right. Where did Brenda and Eddie buy a couple of paintings for their apartment? Oh. Because I have only a vague memory of that song. No, you got me on that one. No, no well, clue. Thank no God. clue. Okay. And a couple of paintings from Sears. <laughs> Is that what the lyric Sears. was? Was it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, woo! We are All still right. alive. All right. All right. You're up, sir. Coming around. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Number two. From the Rolling Stones song, Get Off of My Cloud. Uh, the lyrics, second verse, uh, the telephone is ringing. I said, hi, it's me. They're on the line. A voice says, hi, hello, how are you? I guess I'm doing fine. The voice then says, it's 3 a.m., there's too much noise. Don't you people ever want to go to bed? Just because you feel so good, do you have to do what? What is that lyric? Would you like me to read it to you again? No, no, because I'm not going to know. Ah, okay. Just because you feel so good, do you have to drive me out of my head? Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, you took this one literally, didn't you? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here's the, here's the game, John. Just know the lyrics for every song ever made. I kind of figured you'd kill me on this, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, all, right. all right, all right. So you're, you're one up, and this would technically be my third one at you. All right. Wow, which one, which one, which one? How many drinks have you had so far? Not enough. Shit. I'll work on it, though. I will. Okay. In the Queen song, Bicycle Race. Oh. What two movies is Freddie Mercury not fond of? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. See, folks, aren't my questions just, I don't know, more fun no, you, you than just, Mr. Encyclopedia Brown over here? You stonewalled me on that one. I, I remember a couple of the lyrics for the song, but I don't really? remember that. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics. So, yeah, you got me on that one. Jaws was never my thing, and I don't like Star Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. God, and that was like you said vintage. Black. I say what? Vintage. Yeah, it was vintage, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> vintage. All right. Well, here comes the softball that you so desire. Oof. I'm, I'm quite sure that you will kill this one. Uh, Meaning a band I've never heard of. <laughs> oh, you've never heard of the Kinks. Once or twice. All right. Once or twice. This is a song from, uh, from the Kings called Lola. <coughs> mm. As they go into the uh, hopped up section of Lola uh, and Ray Davies and Tones, well, I left home just a week before and I'd never ever kissed a woman before. But Lola smiled and took me by the hand and said, dear boy, what? 
I'm gonna make you a man. Bang! There you go. There you go. Well, that puts us in tiebreaker <laughs> zone. <laughs> Woo! Thank all right, I'm God. Gonna, I'm gonna get you on the next one. So probably enjoy it while it lasts. That's all I can but maybe, say. But maybe maybe we'll end in a tie. It's all entirely possible. All right. All right. Are you ready, sir? I am. Hold on. Let me sip some of uh, loud mouth. Yeah, soup yeah. Here. Let me join you on that one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I hope you folks are enjoying this at home. See, ah. not too difficult. Yeah, not too difficult. No. Good fun. In the Led Zeppelin song, Ramble On. Oh, okay. Who, along with Gollum, crept away with his girl? In the darkest depths of water, I met a girl so fair. But Gollum and the evil one. Whoa! <laughs> and crept away with her. I think he was, who was he making reference to? Sauron? Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, because I say this so rarely, I'm impressed. <laughs> You just came right out. I'm like, I'm like, this dumb fuck's gonna say <laughs> Sauron, or he's gonna say uh, Mordor, Mordor, or Saruman. In the darkest and he knew it was just the evil one, Gollum and the evil one. Man, shit. Man, yeah, that was it. Was just like such the epitome of Robert Plant and mm-hmm. the hippy dippy lyrics, and you know. Lord of the Rings. That was Unreal. just like vintage, vintage Robert Plant. I'm impressed. They won't yeah. last long, but I, I'm impressed right now. No, you're going to hate me for this one. <laughs> <coughs> and I only plucked this out because my man used to do a, a ripping cover of the David Bowie tune, Panic in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, I figured you would nail the other three, so this was my, like, this was going to be my hard one, which you'll probably nail. Um, but do you remember the song, Panic in Detroit? Vaguely, yeah. All right. Uh, very last verse of the song. Uh, having scored a trillion dollars, made a run back home. Found him slumped across the table, a gun and me alone. I ran through the window and looked for a plane or two. Panic in Detroit, he left me an autograph. What did that autograph say? And you've probably said this before, because I know this is like your favorite Bowie song. Pretty much. We've played it on the show. I don't know. <laughs> I will be self-flagellating later. Uh, this. I know you're gonna hate yourself. <laughs> like an albino this. monk, I'm gonna beat Panic myself. Panic in Detroit. He left me an autograph. Let me collect dust. Yeah, I never would have got that. Yeah, I wish someone would phone. Panic in Detroit. But a fair enough question, and congratulations, sir! You've won the inaugural episode of. Time to play the game! No more lyrics! Say what? Five, four, three, two, one. And there's that jingle again. Well, it's about time I want something around here. Jesus. I suppose. God. I suppose. And uh, I was reeling from two successive defeats <laughs> and a tie from the original lyrically speaking. Yeah, well, uh, that's why I had to, that I had to veer off with. that. At this point, it's like yeah. knocking over a puppy. I oh, mean. don't pa- don't hurt your arm, pat yourself <laughs> on the ass now. Come on. <laughs> like, let me mix this up. But so yeah, this... I, I worked a stalemate <laughs> out of the last contest. I felt so good about that walking out of here. It was like, mm. oh, thank God he doesn't get to beat me with this. Well, now you won this two. one. You can uh, feel good about yourself for just a week or until uh, we do this very, again. A very inventive, uh, a very... Interesting, unique twist. And as is your way, you you took my directions literally (laughs) and to the T. Oof. Well, what's interesting to me is 
uh, as we discussed in pre-show, we were going to determine the seminal third gem mm-hmm. on our song selections. This is true. Uh, from, uh, from here, so... Yeah. Um, as winner, do I get the choice? You do, but we've already played Panic in Detroit. Okay, okay. So pull it, cull it from one of the other ones. Well, I, have we, we haven't done Lola, have we? Uh, I don't know. That I might, don't think we that, have. That might be a little long. Yeah, a little long, a little... little All right, well, hell, since, since they're on the, 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 the uh, stay away list, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to take advantage and I'm going to go with the Rolling Stones. Okay. And let's do a little Get Off My Cloud. Fair enough. Let's play that one for you folks, and we'll be right back to wrap shit up. So you got to play another Rolling Stones song. And so I feel good about else. this. I do. I do. You know, I feel like I lived to see the day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably since the first 10 episodes of Riffs and Rants uh-huh. that I was able to get a Rolling Stones gem in here. No, there, there's been quite a few sprinkled in. And really? the thing, the reason I tease you is because they're, I, I guess they're, they're true gems because it's never any of their big hits. 
But, you know, taking into account a group with the catalog the size of the Rolling Stones and how they dipped into every genre of music possible. And influenced everyone that came out. Right. If I didn't cut you off, you would have found a song (laughs) that they did based on a Lawrence Welk Waltz or, or a polka. Well, this is this and made is, it work. This is episode one twenty, correct? Correct. I probably could have found one hundred and twenty Stone songs, probably. to be a gem for every episode, right? Because that's how extensive. And everything else would have been is. Jane's Addiction or The Clash, which are not bad fill-ins, you know. <laughs> but I gotta say, and and you have to you have to be in awe of this too that these fucking guys are still out playing shows. Most of them, the Rolling Stones. I mean, yeah, most of them. Well, you know, it's Mick, Keith, Ronnie. Okay, Mick, Keith, and right. Ronnie. And a drum machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, who would ever expect that even, you know, a just tiny reminiscent of mm-hmm. the Stones would still be out doing it today? True, true. And I'll admit, I passed on getting tickets to the last Stone show that came through here just because, yeah, I've, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And... uh yeah, it doesn't feel like them anymore. Right. You know, I saw them when Bill Wyman was still with the band, when, mm-hmm. you know, when Charlie Watts was still alive. And that felt like, yeah, okay, we've seen the Stones. Right. You know? I mean, I still want to see The Who, you know, just Roger and, and, and Pete when they come through town. Yeah. Um, just to say that I, I saw them in person. Sure, you know? sure. Um, and their lineup is filled pretty much with all of Pete Townsend's uh, progeny, you know, because they, yeah, they play really. drums, they play guitar. He's oh, got yeah. a bunch of them. They're all musically inclined. Well, so, that's the thing about that level of musicians that come through now is, in particular with The Who, mm-hmm. is everybody that's on stage with them is a player. Yeah. Every single one. And they've know? known them forever, so there's a lot of, lot of trust yeah. involved. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, on that note, it looks like the whole rumor of a, uh, a Van Halen tribute show is a load of bunk. Really? Um, and without saying it, Wolfgang came out and kind of blamed it on Diamond Dave, mm. saying that he just got a hold of it and the whole thing, just they didn't want to talk about it. They were just like in the early organizational phase. And Dave saying Dude, this and that. And so unusual for David Lee Roth. And that's how Wolfie kind of put it on his little serious run at show. Run the mouth and fuck it all yeah, up. Like, yeah, it's like, just look at the people that are left from the band and who's the one that normally screws this shit up and fill in the rest yourself, <laughs> which was a nice... You know, diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So, oh, well. Maybe I should just start listening to, like, new stuff. Really? I guess. I guess that's, that's what happens or what should happen. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like Friends. I've got enough already. I don't want to make any new ones. I've got all my favorite music artists. I, I don't need <laughs> new ones. I, I, I don't. Not to say that there isn't some new stuff out there that, that well, I, I don't no, like. There are, there, are, there are some interesting bands out there. It's It's... Really, uh, a situation where you got to be open-minded about it. Yeah, I mean that band Greta Van Fleet in mm-hmm. particular. Um, they're obviously channeling uh, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know, from the vintage days. They might be onto something. Right. I mean, guitar rock kind of goes through these phases mm-hmm. where it's in, it's out, it's in, it's out. I remember an interview with Joe Perry in 1990 where somebody said, "Okay, Joe, so you know, guitar rock is dead," mm-hmm. and Joe just kind of rolled his eyes and said, "No, this is." Completely part of the progression. Right. You know, it's in, it's out. It's going to come back at some point. You know, there's something about rhythm and blues-based music that really mm-hmm. hits people in the soul. Yeah. So it's never going to go away completely. And I think, if anything, most of like the new groups I, I find and start following now 
tend to fall into my like rockabilly genre. Yeah. Just keeping that show fresh and whatnot. Of course, referencing the Rockabilly Rumble yeah. on BigBoomRadio.com. Well, that's a good example right there, Rockabilly. Yeah. I mean, you know, at one point in the mid-1990s, Rockabilly was at the forefront and mm-hmm. had, a, had a day or two. Yeah. But it hasn't gone away. It hasn't. And they're still putting out new stuff. So there's, there's a number of groups from that genre that I like. And, you know, one of the, the perks of doing that show, and it just happened last week, you know, I, I, I mentioned on there, if you've got a song or something you want me to take a listen to, I'd be happy to play it, you know. Yeah. Just send it through and release all rights and all this other good stuff. And, um, you know, if, if it's something that's sold, even just on iTunes or whatever, yeah. I can, you know, play it, and we're covered with our ASCAP fees, so that person will get, you know, royalties for it. Right. So a fella uh, who remained nameless until he's featured on the show yeah. had sent me a, a single that he just put out. You know, he's like, you know, take a listen to this and let me know what you think. Nice. And it, it was good stuff, you know, and I love hearing from people like that because it keeps you grounded, oh, you know. Yeah. Well, when I was on the musician side of things, you know, that was so... Oh, my ride's here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so so crucial. Uh, as a musician, you were looking for people that would just give you a chance, mm-hmm. you know, that would play your stuff. And yeah. that there are still people out here, you know, like Big Boom Radio and like yourself that are willing to take a chance on new artists, mm-hmm. artists that haven't been heard, you know, willing to play their stuff and share it with Right. The audience that you have. And it works both ways because it tells me my audience is varied. Yep. And people that are actively doing stuff are listening to what I'm doing. So it's definitely, you know, one hand washes the other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd always be more than happy to play that stuff. And, you know, maybe even on this podcast, someday, although I'm not in a rush to do this, <laughs> we'll take live callers. And, you know, not we've, every we've show. We've talked about that. We have. But here and there, maybe we'll have a segment and invite other people to, to, to chime in, sure. you know, which, of course, is only good for the first time it plays and it goes live. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we can make that happen. And, you know, as long as we're uh, contemplating, you know, I don't know, Potentials. Mm-hmm. We've often talked about doing the show live. Yes, and that Go would be an interesting location. experience. Yeah. Yes, yes. But uh, unfortunately, Alec Baldwin has not answered my calls because <laughs> I would love to do it at his place. You're surprised at this. <laughs> We've got a better chance of playing at Mar-a-Lago after all the sympathy <laughs> that you have expressed for his plight. Yes, 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 yes. Well, as they say in Greece, fuck him. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's about it for that. So, yeah. again, here we are, episode 121. And as we always do, we thank everybody for tuning in. And, of Indeed. course, if you have any ideas, uh, you want to get your two cents in there, you got thoughts about anything, don't hesitate. Drop me an email. It's just simply john at bigboomradio.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's about it from this corner of the globe. So, yes. as always... I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll catch us all on the flip side.